Turning and turning in the widening gyre, the falcon cannot hear the falconeer. Things fall apart, the center cannot hold. Mere anarchy is loosed upon the world. The blood-dimmed tide is loosed, and everywhere the ceremony of innocence is drowned. The best lack all conviction, while the worst are full of passionate intensity. Surely some revelation is at hand. Surely the second coming is at hand. The second coming. Hardly are those words out, when a vast image out of spiritus wundi troubles my sight somewhere in the sands of the desert. A shape with lion body and the head of a man. A gaze blank and pitiless as the sun is moving its slow thighs while all about it. Real shadows of the indignant desert birds. The darkness drops again, but now I know that twenty centuries of stony sleep were vexed to nightmare by a rocking cradle. And what rough beast, its hour come round at last, slouches towards Bethlehem to be born. Oh, hi! Welcome to your Fear the Walking Deadcast, or I should say, hola, como esta? Fear the Walking Deadcast. Something, something, something in Spanish. I wish I could do half the show in Spanish, because that would be cool. If not a little annoying, because you can't do subtitles on a podcast. At least we don't have that technology yet. But, hi, yeah, it's, it's the Fear the Walking Deadcast. It's uh, Mike Zumo, kind of a skeleton crew tonight. Uh, Buenas noches. Buenas noches. Uh, muy bueno. Uh, uno más cerveza, por favor. And, uh, si, si. Yeah, something like and, that. And, and my Spanish is now, has now been exhausted. <laughs> yeah, mine too, pretty much. I understand it a lot better than I, I've ever speaked it, uh, spoke it, or whatever. Right. I don't even do well with English sometimes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but... Um, yeah, that's what not paying attention four years of high school Spanish will get you. And, and living in a place in the world that you literally never have to use it, so. You're more likely to need French where you are. You're pretty much, yeah, yeah. We used to get the uh, French Canadians all the time over the border. Uh, but, uh, anywho, uh, we are Fear the Walking Dead cast, and, and we're a bit late this week. Um, just another full disclosure. Your producer here, Scott McGregor. Um, me has been moving for the last couple of weeks because that's what a procrastinator I am. It takes me a couple of weeks, <laughs> and so things have been nuts. And uh, so we're a bit behind on, on being able to get this out. We're gonna do uh, season three, episode four, called "The Hundred Tonight." We're gonna do um, five and six on the next episode, and we'll be nice and caught up for y'all. But uh, so. David Pascarella, since you don't tune in anyways, you don't care. Uh, <laughs> you're not, you're not going to be spoiled by us talking about something you don't watch. But we're going to, yeah, uh, this was a great episode, and so I actually kind of decided we should devote just one whole episode to it. We were going to double up tonight, but it was kind of a daunting task recapping this, because 98% of this episode was in Spanish. With subtitles, yeah, and you know what? That made me really have to pay attention to this episode. Yeah, which is which is never a bad thing, but um, yeah, more than usual, obviously. Because everyone, you know, this is what would happen to me during Better Call Saul a lot of the times. Yeah, I'd be looking at my phone, and then all of a sudden, I realized I missed half a scene because yeah. it was in Spanish, and I didn't think, and I didn't read the subtitles. Yeah, and like I said recapping this was a lot of me going rewinding. <laughs> yeah, and watching again. It's like okay, I got what happened in the picture, now I have to go read the dialogue. But I've never had a problem with that. I love, uh, like, you know, foreign movies with subtitles and stuff, but it does kind of wear on your energy after a while. Uh, for us, you know, dumbass. Or easily distracted. Monolingual people that, you know, unlike most of the rest of the world that can speak four or five languages. <laughs> but we uh, opened, this was a great episode, we opened with the tale of what happened to our dear Death Squad friend Daniel Salazar. After he was presumably burned up in the fire that took uh, the death cult town out there. You know, something I was thinking about during this episode. Is Daniel really his name? That doesn't sound very uh, Spanish. Or, yeah, I, I gotta Spanish. assume so, because uh, as we'll learn later, Dante certainly knew who he was. So, it maybe, you know, might have been his, his death squad stage name. I don't know. 
So, uh, well, you know, I, the, the the Latino world is very Catholic, and Daniel's right. a very biblical name. So, I gotta imagine there's some Daniels out there. But yeah, uh, yeah, we find out that uh, he basically he's he's kind of wandering around the, the roads. He's looking very crispy and and walking quite like a walker, which I thought was intentional. I thought Ruben Blades was really turning on the, you know, kind of the the walker stagger on this one, and I have a feeling it was probably directed that way. Um, I bought it. Yeah, definitely. Um, when he, he attempts to find some water in vain, agua, and we see that uh, his hands have been pretty badly burned. And he encounters a small herd of walkers and almost gets away unscathed um, by doing the whole standstill and don't blink thing. <laughs> but he is chased down by one of them, and it, it's kind of funny because he literally is chased down by a walker. He's he's so screwed up right now that it's like right. he's being lapped by, you know, the, the slow zombie. It was, it was actually kind of a humorous scene. <laughs> Um, but uh, she's uh, distracted by a big doggy, and uh, Daniel gets under a car, and he kind of mani- maniacally laughs at his good fortune. And we get our opening graphic. And he's still under the car, and he hears another walker approaching, but it is rapidly dispatched by a mysterious stranger uh, who says kind of a prayer of command or absolution before he, he knocks the thing's brains out. And he drags a frightened Daniel out, and we find out his name is Efrain, and he, he begs him for water. Uh, or Efren, I guess, is, is the way you pronounced it. Um, yeah. But uh, Efren says the, the phrase that will be his familiar refrain for a good chunk of the show, I have good news and bad news. I can get water, but you have to walk there, and you're not doing too well on that. No. And we see that Daniel's leg is a very badly burnt to the point that a walker wouldn't even eat him, apparently. So Daniel is this, this show's tainted meat now. Um, he's just a little too crispy. He's the burnt meat. He's the burnt meat. Yeah, the walkers are you're not into the whole well-done thing. They're medium-rare kind of creatures. Hey, and, I can understand that. Yeah, you know, and so Daniel's just, uh, you know, I guess that's another way to make yourself walker-proof is burn this shit out of yourself. Probably Seems, not the best uh, way to go, well, you know. <laughs> it would take dedication to do that to yourself in order to uh, escape a walker. Yeah, well, give it time. Nick may, may get onto that bandwagon. But uh, with with Efren's help, Daniel is brought to a fountain in this little, looks like a little plaza or a mall even. Um, but it is dry and he is told to wait and it comes on in intervals. And Efren actually introduces himself as the fifth beetle, which I thought was hilarious. And Ephraim claims that the fountain that only comes on every Tuesday at 5 p.m. apparently is his little miracle. So Ephraim is riding one of those three-wheeled taxi bikes. I'm sure there's another more technical name for it, but I don't know what it is. Tricycle. Okay, tricycle. (laughs) I I thought it was maybe too, you know, utilitarian to be actually called a tricycle, but I guess that works. And he and Daniel make a nice little perilous trip through the walkers uh, to get to his compound. Uh, some cool moments in that. Uh, Daniel yells and he gets out um, because of his leg in a truck with armed men drive by, presumably from the hydro dam. And Daniel passes out. And he's, he's coming back to consciousness. And Efren's people, uh, Lola in particular, are trying to save him. And we get possibly the most cringe-inducing scene since Maddie and the Eyeball as uh, Lola scrapes the dead and burnt skin off yeah. his leg. And I probably only watched about a fraction of that second of that both yeah, times. Yeah, you know, you know what? I'm okay with you know heads exploding and faces getting stepped on, but I cringed at that. I was like, Ugh. yeah, it's just it's those little you know, it's those little like the things that you know you don't really you you see as someone get eaten by a zombie and you're like, well, that's obviously fake because there aren't right. zombies yet, but. Yeah, that kind of burn. Me in particular, I had a very bad burn as a kid um, when I was very young, and it, my leg looked a lot like that. Right. <laughs> and so I kind of had a little flashback there, too, which was not pleasant. But, yeah, it was the full scrape the dead shit off thing. and It, it was, was kind of the same reaction I had to uh, Maddie's eye surgery a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, the, they like to turn on the... Uh, I'm a cringe factor on this one, and they do it well. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Lola scrapes the dead skin off, and she sings to him a bit to soothe him, and I go to the bathroom to vomit uncontrollably, and uh, then I come back, and 
And some time has passed, and, and Daniel and Ephraim are scavenging a bit. A walker shows up again, and Ephraim must do his little religious ceremony to dispatch it. And Daniel asks if he was ever a priest, but Ephraim cryptically says, Well, I've been a lot of things. I'm a loner, Dotty, a rebel. Uh, Daniel's invited into Ephraim's personal home for a meal, and he thanks him for it. He offers up his barbering skills as a, a repayment and gives Ephraim a fine haircut, although I thought like the Jesus looked look good on him. Ephraim asked... They basically went, probably went from the wig to the actor's real hair. Yeah, yeah pretty much, yeah, because he, he had shorter hair on Talking Dead. And I've seen that actor before, and his hair looked the way it did post-haircut. It was a better wig. I, I'll tell you what, AMC definitely has better wigs than the CW. They should really consult on that. <laughs> I don't know, because I think now with CW, the bad wigs are such a thing. It's just a running joke, yeah. <laughs> You should. It's a missed opportunity to make those fans laugh if they're not doing it intentionally at this point. Right. So uh, Daniel, um, uh, well, Efren asked Daniel when he's going to sneak out on him, kind of sensing that he's a loner, dotty, a rebel. And uh, Daniel tells him that he's not a good man. He has killed 96 people. Um, good to keep in track. And Daniel is talking about paying his debts, but Efren says that is not what was weighing on his his mind, and it is Ophelia, of course, uh, because he thinks he may have actually burned her to death. <clears throat> and he was upset that he never really got to tell her that you know what kind of person her father was, and right. Efren assures him that he doesn't need to; that is his burden to bear. I, I like that Daniel actually knows how many people he killed. Yeah, that uh, means he, I was watching something. I don't know if it was this show or something else where. Someone else was asked that similar question, and they had no idea. You know, just kind of shows the difference between someone who doesn't care, right? Yeah, versus think, someone who they're weighing on them. Yeah, I think that is to definitely show because Carol, Carol, with her count on the other show too. I mean, I think right. that's that's when they maybe, and maybe that's even the first time Daniel said it out loud. Who knows? Um, but it's yeah, that, that speaks to a person who has some kind of conscience about what they do, at least, or it speaks of a serial killer who. Is obsessive about keeping track of his record. I guess it could either go either way. <laughs> yes, but knowing Daniel as we do, I don't yeah. see serial killer in him. He starts looking a little more evil later, but um, but that might turn around. Stay tuned. Uh, so, um, Daniel relates the story of the fire that we already know about, obviously, if we've watched, and how he thought it was the end. Uh, but he fought and escaped, and again, he, he's worried that he might have ended up uh, being responsible for Ophelia dying. He, and he asks Ephraim to desperately to forgive him, and he once again says, I have good news and bad news. There is no one le in this world left to judge you. Um, and he passes out before he gets to the bad news. So we'll never know. Daniel wanders off, still favoring his leg with a cane, and it is storming out, and he's approached by one walker, which he dispatches. And then another, which uh, Daniel kind of decides to give up and just kind of let him eat him, but Mother Nature has other plans and strikes him down right through the skull with lightning. <laughs> and, of course. Uh, you know, was it, was it kind of cheesy? Yeah, but it was still awesome, too. Um, why not? <laughs> Creative at the very least. You, you, don't, you don't see that so much on the other show. Uh, I like yeah. that. I like that they play around with a little surreal, you know, uh, surreal things in this, and, and a few more symbolic things than the other show does. Do you have any idea where they are at this point? Not really. They do reference Tijuana again, either Be this one or. Yeah, I don't know one, one of the next one, but like, yeah, because those uh, that drainage canal he was in gave me a very L.A. feeling. I don't know if anybody else, anywhere else has drainage canals quite like that. Yeah. Well, I, I imagine maybe, you know, around any... I mean, it might be it's probably filmed out there, actually. I'm sure it is. Yeah. I wonder if that's, like, indicative of, like, a lot of hydro dams and stuff, though, that there's structures like that near them, too. Um, I mean, this obviously isn't, like, Hoover Dam, so I don't know no. if they've actually... I know they have named the dam, but I never went back and looked and seeing if they're using the same name of of what the actual place is. Right. Um, yeah, I do. Uh, we, we say this almost every week. I do wish they'd kind of get the geography a little more straight on. Although this one I, I think I like better than the other show because this one, the, the geography seems 
a little more spread out, which would be more realistic. And on the other one, it seems like everyone, you know, is like within five miles of each other and right. would have bumped into each other already. <laughs> so I think this show actually maybe handles it a little better. In my opinion, anyway. Yeah. Uh, so at the outskirts of the Hydro Dam, two buddies are flipping a coin to see who will do an unpleasant task of cleaning out a drain pipe that we just mentioned. And his friend helps him, and it turns out to be a not-dead Daniel. Uh, Lola is there and takes him to the dam and explains the Dante situation on the way. And she tells him that he has to pretend that they never met because she was part of Ifrin's crew that's basically you know, stealing water from from the Hydro Dam with their little uh, fountain and little rebel group. And we've seen what happens to people who do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah and we'll see more of it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so she basically kind of hooks uh, Daniel up as, you know, at the dam with a job as the new janitor helping clean out the pipes. And we, we learn that basically Lola helps the water distribution and, and filtration, presumably. Daniel is settling into his new job, and at lunch, Dante comes in, and everyone stands in respect to their dear leader, except for Daniel. And a bodyguard comes over and, and messes, hey, why don't you stand up? You know, and he's like, I didn't know he was the boss. No one introduced me yet. And so the bodyguard gets in his face and tries to finger Daniel's spam, and we've learned you never, never, never want to do that. You never mess with another man's spam. Never, and uh, he gets stabbed with a fork for his troubles, but uh, not fatally, amazingly enough. Obviously, Daniel should have been smarter. I mean, obviously, Dante is the boss. Who else but the boss is going to have a suit that depressed in the in the apocalypse? Yeah, definitely, and I, I'm sure he kind of realized that, but he was maybe going to kind of just play coy and see what he could get away with. And I think Daniel's kind of all out of fucks to give, too. Right. I mean, you just one scene previously, he was pretty much willing to get eaten. And he has no patience for uh major asshole here. Mm-mm. No, especially since he was uh, a lieutenant. Right. <laughs> Although major does outrank lieutenant last right. I checked, but not major asshole. It's like drill sergeant, you know. Right. It's it's only a sergeant, but you know, never mind. I don't know how to say asshole in Spanish. <laughs> Vendejo. That's oh, it's, Vendejo. it is Vendejo. Okay. Yeah. I believe I wish we had Beth here to, to help us tonight. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Dante comes over to see what's happening and asks, uh, Daniel his name, which he doesn't lie about and where he's from. And we find out, uh, that he is Sergeant Salazar or Lieutenant Salazar and his uh, name and reputation obviously precede him. And Dante actually pulls his lip down and sees a little tattoo and he was part of the, uh, Sombra Negra, which is, I wikied it kids cause I like education and I kind of knew this. It's basically the El Salvador, uh, death squads that were trained by Reagan's CIA, um, also known as the Black Shadow at Sombra Negra. Hello, kitty. Demon kitty. Well, I'm glad you wiki that, because all I was thinking while we saw that tattoo was how much that must have fucking hurt. Right. Well, you know, (laughs) hey. But, yeah, they were basically the death squads that uh, that, that did some horrible things in the name of fighting the communists. and uh, Horrible things in the the name of democracy. Yeah, you know, as, as we are wont to do. Uh, so he, he tells the man he was lucky he only, or Dante tells his, his minion there that he was lucky he only got stabbed by a fork, basically, and he hails him as a hero of fighting the communists and asks, uh, Daniel how many communists that he killed, but this time Daniel says he lost count, so I don't know why Efren got the real number and Dante didn't, but, uh, Daniel's clearly about to get a promotion, and, uh, Dante is obviously clearly a fanboy of, of his murdery deeds. Well, I think here, uh, I don't think he forgot. I think he is... Uh, oh, no, he's... He's uh, trying he's, to impress uh, Dante with his badassness. Yeah, yeah, essentially, yeah. He's just playing coy, and, he, you know, he has no reason to trust him yet. I think he already knows he's the enemy. Uh, yeah, but he's trying to worm his way in. Mm-hmm. So Dante, uh, they go for a walk, and Dante explore, explains his authoritarian water distribution network and asks him what he wants, and Daniel just wants to borrow a Jeep, uh, presumably to go looking for Ophelia. And Dante is clearly a fan of his, uh, his talents and, and, you know, and, and begs him to basically stay and, and be his guy, his number one guy. And uh, you know, Daniel's like, yeah, probably will, but still need that Jeep. 
And we get to see him in a leadership role as kind of the point man for a patrol that are looking for the water thieves. Uh, and the truck they're in busts in through the compound plaza that had the magic fountain. And it's almost 5 p.m. and time for that water, conveniently enough. And uh, Daniel basically gives up Ephraim's secret hiding place so they, they don't learn about the fountain and uh, everyone else involved. And he's trying to justify this to Lola later, but she really isn't buying it. But he, he tells her that he's trying to protect her and clearly projecting some Ophelia guilt onto her, I think. Yeah. And she calls him a thug and storms off and says, this place is perfect for you, thug. And he tells her not to ask him to save people who are already dead. Um, so a little, Fair enough. little of the pragmatic cold Daniel still going on there, too. And he sees the scene that we've seen previously of Victor showing up and getting captured, and then the scene with the canteen at the end of the last episode. And we get the only English spoken in this whole episode from Mr. Strand, of course. And he asks, uh, Daniel asks Strand about Ophelia, who lies and uh, tells her that she is waiting at the hotel, which uh, he knows isn't true. And Daniel basically knows he's trying to bullshit him. The tone and, of this scene was quite different than what I expected. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. Because, you even, know, we saw him at the end of the previous episode, and it's like, you get that feeling, ah, oh, Daniel's here to rescue him. Yeah. yeah but not, the relationship is much more adversarial here. Yeah, not not the case at all. Uh, not the guardian angel, and if anything, he, he's pretty much about to become the executioner, or so Strand would think. So he, he Strand, of course, tries to play the, you owe me card, I took you on my boat. And Daniel's like, yeah, well, whatever, that was then, this is now. And you're in a cage and I'm not. <laughs> Daniel would have thrown him over the side of the boat if it uh, suited his purposes. It pretty much. It was probably going to go there if they hadn't gotten off the boat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it is, wasn't his boat either. No, nope. Effort is being beaten up by Dante, uh, trying to get the info on, on like the rest of the water thieves. And Daniel is brought in to practice his skill set. A uh, nice little set of tools laid out there for him. And he tells Ephraim, basically, if you talk, they'll kill you. If you don't talk, I'm going to kill you, but at least I'll try to do it as quickly and mercifully as possible. And Daniel asks him for forgiveness again, but Ephraim, Ephraim is understandably reluctant this time. <laughs> the beating commences until Ephraim is a bloody mess. Uh, some very powerful punches by Mr. Yeah. Salazar. And uh, Dante encourages the torture tools... Uh, he approaches Efren with a hammer, Daniel does, and Lola stops him, but thereby exposing her own guilt. Now, essentially, we're, we're kind of led to believe that he was going to sacrifice Efren, you know, to, to save, save the her, rest yeah. of him. Um, you know, and he, I think he kind of knew that Efren wouldn't give anybody up, but, uh, and he was essentially telling him, it's like, don't talk, but I'm going to have to kill you, no offense. Right. <laughs> but if you want to save your friends, is kind of how it's been dealt right now. Well, the um, thing is, if he wanted to save his friends, maybe it would have made sense for him to kind of take the take it onto himself. That that too, but I, I don't think uh, I don't think Dante was prepared to believe him anyway. So they would have smoked out the rest of him. I don't know. It was a little confusing actually. Ephraim was kind of dead either way there. Yeah. Oh yeah. It seemed like they there was some cut scenes though. I mean, it, that seemed a little rushed through this part of the the episode. And just things happened off screen a lot that we didn't really, that would have filled in some gaps a little better. Because we didn't see, like, him get captured, Ephraim, you know, get captured directly, and we didn't see if anyone else was implicated. But at the end, you know, basically the whole group's there. Right. Um, but yeah, Lola stops him. Daniel, uh, and then we're out on the, uh, the, the dam with Ephraim, Lola, Strand, and the others. They're brought to the top for their execution. And Daniel takes the first guy who we never really got to know, except for, like, one brief scene, and um, and he is sent into the pit of walkers. And Lola is chosen next and, and walks to her executioner. And uh, Daniel somehow lures one of the guards over and hold the phone, Chuck. He, he steals the gun and kills the guard and dumps him off. And uh, I think there are a couple guards there he took out. Anthony guards takes out Dante. Yep, and yeah, pops the cap right in Dante's noggin without even, you know, Dante begs for about a second, and Daniel's like, episode's almost over, dude, I gotta <laughs> do this. <laughs> and, 
And he basically kneels before Delola and asks forgiveness, and I think he's basically expecting her to shoot him, but she extends a hand a hand instead. So Daniel's, uh, you know, kind of new king of the dam, basically. Damn yeah. king of the dam. Yeah, so who's in charge now? Yeah. Daniel? Well, tune in next week. Uh, I don't remember if we really get that answer or not. We don't. Uh, no, we go on a road trip. Yeah. We do. <laughs> So just, uh, you know, right out of the gate, actually, we've got uh, Professor Alan Middleton uh, said the Hughes couldn't make it tonight. Alan, uh, Professor Middleton thought he could, but couldn't, and he's recorded a little something for us, about a five-minute blurb of his thoughts on this episode, and I've already listened to it, and he says many of the same things I'm sure you and I will. But I think we'll go to that right now, and we'll just kind of piggyback onto Professor Alan's stuff. So take it away, Professor. Hey, Scott. And crew, Professor Allen here. Bummed that I haven't been able to make a podcast recording session yet this season. But I had to get in two or three or four cents on the Spanish language episode. The episode called 100. Now I just watched it for the second time, so it's fresh in my memory. And that might be affecting my thoughts. But that being said... I think that's the best hour that Fear the Walking Dead has given us. And it's one of the top hours that the Walking Dead franchise has given us. Of course, mostly it's because of the virtuoso performance by our main man. I know it's Blades. Reuben Blades. He just killed it. A terrific performance, start to finish. And I love so much of what's happening in this episode. I love the idea of the miracle water fountain. I like the idea that we're in a city, which we really have not done in the main show. I guess maybe Atlanta and the CDC, but we certainly weren't there for long. And it was nothing like Tijuana is here. Similar to what fear gave us when they were on the boat. This show has really done a nice job of giving us settings, locales, locations, situations that are so vastly different from the main show. And I really appreciate that. I like the idea that in this episode, Daniel is actually pretty well known among a certain group of people. That the name... Daniel Salazar from San Salvador. The fact that that means something to Dante. And then he sees the the tattoo in his lip. He's impressed. Especially that Daniel has lost count of how many communists he killed. I like that Dante thinks Daniel's unique set of skills can come in handy in this new world. And that he, Dante, can give him a place worthy of his stature. But of course... When you get someone with Daniel's skills too close to you, you may end up on the receiving end of his skills. And even just that concept of what Dante is doing here, I like the idea that water is currency, and that the same organizational structure and approach to running guns, running drugs, running human beings can be applied to water. I haven't read or watched every zombie thing out there, but this seemed like a different take, an unusual place to go. It doesn't seem like common ground that's been tread a million times. And then just within the course of this episode, the woman at the water treatment plant, and Ephraim, gentleman who befriends Daniel, they become wholly realized characters in this 46 minutes of television. They were characterized so well. And so their arcs, just within the course of this episode, have some impact. I I think that's really well plotted out. That's really nice storytelling. I don't know a lot about television direction, but it seemed like this was directed a little bit differently than some of the past episodes. A little more experimental, a little different. I mean, obviously the whole episode is experimental. And I really respect the boldness 
and the audaciousness of the episode. So again, sorry I couldn't meet up for the recording, but there are a few of my thoughts. And want you guys to know that whether I'm with you recording or just listening, I'm a big fan of Fear the Walking Deadcast. Yeah, so um and, and thank you, Professor Allen, for that, that kind those kind words at the end there where he he said that uh, he, he whether he's here or not, he's with us in spirit. He's a fan of the show. He listens and and contributes. So and I, I am sure Brian and Beth are with us in spirit as well. Oh, definitely. And yeah, and it's that it thoughts and prayers, as they say, going Absolutely. out to them because they're just a uh, moment of uncertainty, and that's why they couldn't make it tonight. But oh, uh, and I, I really want—I was going to actually pull a little prank on you guys, so it's probably better that they couldn't show up because I was going to ask Beth to like record a good like three, four minutes just in Spanish and make you guys think we were going to do it all in Spanish and, and we would have lost any of our non-Spanish listeners <laughs> immediately. So I'm kind of glad we didn't. Yeah, you doing the coma stas bit kind of uh, <laughs> through, my, through my opening. Because <laughs> I was going to do it. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, sorry. All right. It's all right. I always discuss before we do these things. You should have. It's only Spanish I know. So I like, <laughs> yeah, me too. No, I, I think I don't even screw that up. It should be como esta. Como esta usted. Bien. No, no, no. We're familiar. We're familiar. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember the nuances. I, I try to just uh, stick to asking for beers. It's, it's pretty direct. But I... Beer yes. now. Beer now, yep. <laughs> I could be having a beer now. I have one left. Um, but yeah, just as... as Professor Allen said, I think I have to agree with him that this is one of the best episodes um, of Fear the Walking Dead. Kind of. I mean, you can say that, but it's only one of the cast. Right. It's because Ruben Blades is so fucking good that he just, you know, kind of makes it. But I, I wouldn't want to put it right at the top, maybe tied for first, because, you know, you got to... Well, let's put it this way. It's an ensemble piece, so we shouldn't... Right. Let's put it this way. <laughs> this is basically one of those, here's what we did last summer episodes. Right, yeah. How many of those in either show have we actually liked? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that puts it above all of those. And we were all, you know, I mean, everyone and we're was... all invested in Daniel, so we want to know where he's been since... Uh... Yeah, everyone was rooting for him to come back, so... Um... They kind of rode around how he got out of the fire, though, but... Yeah, uh, yeah, you know... Look, well, as I said, th- this show seems to be going for a little more, like, biblical and mystical symbology than the other one. And, you know, there's stuff like the lightning strike that's just like, hmm, are there greater forces directing things here? Uh, Dumb which luck. Is, which yeah, which <laughs> that works, too. And with less people in the world, you know, the luck, would you would think, gets distributed better amongst the survivors, so... It's, it's not unheard of that he could escape the fire and get a zombie lightning strike to save his ass. So, <laughs> and a German shepherd out of nowhere. Um, so maybe, you know, we're being led to believe that maybe uh, Daniel is, you know, blessed or watched over as his own guardian angel for whatever reason, even though he thinks he's the devil. I mean, it's very much a redemption tale, you know, for Daniel in this episode, too. No, no, it, def- it definitely is, and yeah. uh, the relationship with—it's gonna be more. It's more the next episode. The relationship with Daniel and Strand is gonna be interesting. Yes, it's very interesting because <laughs> he's still not—he's not like oh, light switch, and he's super good guy yet. You know, no. nothing like that at all. Uh, he really never was super good guy. No, yet. no, not at all. But I mean, he, you, you know, know, he kind of got swept up with everybody and. He's ashamed their, of his past. Their, their goals aligned for a time, but now he's kind of doing his thing. Right. I, I think he's ashamed of his past. And he's ashamed of the monster he was, but he's definitely not above using the skills that he learned as a monster to keep himself going. Right. <laughs> so. Well, we, we've seen not only in this show, more so in the other one, is it's the monsters who survive. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Indeed. Um, there's plenty of them, but I, I like it when we get a character that can skate both sides too, like right. that. 
get a little redemption arc. To, but remember to... the episode before this, you know, every time Strand is uh, on the edge of that dam, you know he's there because he deserves it. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You know, yep. And uh, still he... Uh, and Daniel maybe... Well, he wasn't doing too well with Dante either, but yeah, Strand is learning very quickly that his... His negotiation powers pretty much mean fucking bupkis in this world. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, or he's, you know, people who suffered his existence in the old world are in no position to want to do so anymore. No. <laughs> Understandably so. I ain't even, you know, I'm not even trying to hook up with too many of my old friends when the apocalypse comes. Right. I may have burnt a couple bridges myself, but... <laughs> uh, but, yeah, man, I just gotta give more props than I can possibly shovel out to, to the balls of this episode being almost completely in Spanish. Oh, absolutely. Probably piss some people off, you know, maybe, and maybe give you a little headache because you had to read the whole thing. Uh, maybe it inspired yeah. you to learn Spanish. That would be cool, but... Um, you know, I did wonder, you know, that kind of was with why I was kind of hoping uh, Beth was here. Yeah. I wanted to ask her if they're speaking Spanish properly, you know. Yeah, I, I would too. I would, ima- I would imagine they are, but it's like, are they fudging it all? Fudging it at all? I would hope, you know. I mean, I know it's just like an acting job, and he, you know, he's cashed that paycheck whether he's speaking proper Spanish or not. But right. I'd like to think that Did the-, the Latino actors in this would be like, "Come on, guys, you know, if you need help with this, we're fucking right here." Well, <laughs> you, well, know? you know, yeah, that's what I, you know, from the perspective of someone who speaks Spanish fluently. How did this episode? I'm really curious as to how this episode played for Beth. Yeah, I think because she wouldn't have to read the subtitles if they are you know, speaking properly. But I think generally, I mean, I can tell because I mean, I've heard, you know, and I said I've done the, the, the Spanish you're taught in high school, right? Yeah, so I and I've heard it conversationally in my life, and I'm sure you have too. So right. uh, when it's done with people that actually know how to speak it, it's a lot, it's fast, right? Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's not Nick yelling nunca. No, but I think they even kind of slowed it down for this a little bit, just for the right. cadence of and timing of the episode, because you know, and just to match the subtitles in a way, you know, the rhythm of it. Um, but I, I got to think that most of it was pretty accurate. I mean, as I said, I I understand a shit ton more Spanish than I could ever speak. Um, I used to get a lot of practice in my taxi cab, and it's kind of funny. I'd get you know. Spanish-speaking people in my cab, and I'd be able to get about every third word, and, you know, occasionally I figured out they were talking about the gringo in the front seat driving. But, right. Um, <laughs> you know, other things I wanted to do, too, you know, like, how was the script written? Was it written in, was it written in Spanish? Yeah. Or did, the, or did the actors have to translate it? I don't know, yeah. You know, so it's, I mean, I'm not, I don't know if everybody on the set speaks Spanish, so. I wouldn't expect so. I mean, half, half the cast is... Mm, the United Kingdom, you know, right. or New so Zealand, fun. or, yeah, I gotta think that the, I don't know, I, I don't even know, if, I think I watched The Talking Dead after this, and I don't think they really mentioned it. So, right. Yeah. I'll have to ask, uh, like, I'll have to ask Beth, when, 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 when they come back, how this episode played for. Yeah, we're definitely gonna touch uh, base with her on that, um, that's why I, I love having her on the show for this, this episode, uh, or for this, uh, you know, this whole setting. But I just really unprecedented in like TV history, I would imagine, of just having the, the nuts to do this. And uh, they must either be really confident about um, their audience and not give a shit or just wanted to stay, you know, true to, to what they were doing. Because as we all know, I mean, a lot of TV shows will will imply that a foreign language is being spoken for a while. Right, but subtitles then they'll, 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 they'll slide into English. Right, and everyone all of a sudden just speaks English. You just they do it with an accent, so you know they're still speaking Spanish. Right, you know it's one of those suspension of disbelief. It's like you you know they're speaking whatever language it is. Right, which is fine, which is the smart play for a predominantly American audience. But you know this just kind of said fuck you conventions. You know these are all Spanish people. You know Spanish speaking people talking. They're going to fucking speak Spanish. Deal with it. It makes sense, (laughs) and this is not something that is. uh, Unprecedented on AMC. I mean, we've talked. I mentioned Better Call Saul earlier. Right. Yeah, a lot of that. A lot of that show just all of a sudden, you know, when characters need to speak Spanish, they speak Spanish. There's no, and it happens suddenly. Suddenly, you know, 
they're talking English. I glance away at my phone. Next thing I know, I've missed half a scene because I haven't been reading subtitles. Yeah, but it adds but such a realism to it. it I is. love it. I mean, I don't, I don't care if I have to, you know, read for forty-five minutes. Uh, you know, it's still. Like I said, it made me pay better attention. Mm-hmm. And since I can read faster than anybody speaks, it gave me an, an extra second to watch everybody's uh, actions. Yeah. Because I really wasn't paying attention to what was being said because I couldn't understand it. So I'd read what was said and then pay attention to the acting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've kind of gotten better at it over the years because I've always kind of been unapologetically subtitles guy as opposed to overdubbing guy, you know, when it comes to fully foreign movies. Um, so I'm, I've, I've done every uh, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo movie in subtitles. That was, that was interesting. Uh, you know, and I, so I love my foreign films with subtitles. Right. But you do, you know, you have to train yourself to, to watch it effectively, you know, <laughs> to, right. to get both the dialogue in and what you're supposed to see at the same time. But again, it was just a really brave call, I thought, by I haven't read enough rave, you know, raving about it in the press that it really should be applauded that they... I really didn't, re- haven't read, didn't really read anything on, on this episode. Generally, the reviews I read were, you know, the same thing we're saying is that it was, you know, great yeah. to see Daniel back, and, and he just he elevates the whole show. And he oh, he absolutely, it, so, he absolutely you know, does. You know. And I'm, I'm generally loving this whole season. Like, I, I think probably better than anything that's come before it so far. So, uh, Now, put aside, obviously, the problems with, with pacing on the other show. Mm-hmm. Having read the comics... Do you find you're enjoying this one more because you ha- there's no comic to go by? Oh, you yeah. You don't know I've, what's going to happen? Yeah, I've said it before. It's totally in- increasing the enjoyment of it. Um, because the it doesn't bother me that they deviate from some things in the comics on the other one. It's just right. it, it's frustrating how they're going about it. I right. mean, like, as I said, with the, the Glenn death thing on the other one, when everyone was supposed to think he died at the dumpster, I, I was applauding it. I'm like, yes, that's how you, that's how you screw the comic readers in a good way. Right. You kill him earlier, you kill him in a different way. He's just as goddamn dead, <laughs> but no one is expecting it. But no, they, you know, pulled a mulligan and, and decided to do it the other way anyway. Right. And that 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 kind of started a very downward slide for me on the other <laughs> show <laughs> right at that moment. And I, I thought they would have been, this show would have done it. This show it has shown that they're like, it's kind of like this is the Hail Mary Pass show, and they're they're able to be experimental because I don't think they probably even expected to make it to three seasons at this point. And I think they've already been greenlit for a fourth. Um, I'm well, from, I that. haven't checked any ratings for this season, but the, I mean, nobody, this show is pulling in a lot more, uh, viewers than anything else they've got other than the, the other than the mother show yeah oh good yeah i, I would hope so um and i said there's it's the has, mother show is still pulling in twice as many viewers but yeah which i I've, I've talked to a lot of people though that really haven't discovered this one man and i encourage it all the time because i'm just like man that's you know it's still playing in the same universe and they're, they're able to do some interesting stuff just the firm being in a different setting is makes for you can do the same stories you have to but it's just a different landscape and a different character right. you know i've mentioned this before what i like about this one is you know i mean the the mother show jumped ahead however how many days it was until rick woke up the world had become what it was mm-hmm. this world is still evolving because it's so soon after the initial outbreak so anything i mean anything can really happen anyway but the world is not I don't want to know if I want to say stable, but it hasn't settled yet. Right. Yeah, there's still people basically kind of thinking that it's like we can band together and fight this. And right. I think we'll we'll see a lot of that. And it won't be so much like community against community in this one, although there's probably a lot of that coming up too. But it's going to be more communities falling apart, you know, that think they have it together. Right. Um, and... Uh, I can see this one. I can see the ranch falling apart. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, we got we got family issues, and that that rarely ends well. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I love this episode. Uh, 
good to have Daniel back. And the next episode he plays pretty heavily in. You'll learn about that next week sometime. It'll be 6-2. And we'll be right on track. Uh, I don't know. Let me go through this again. I, I love the character of Efren. I mean, and good to see that he was spared at the end because I'd love to see more of kind of that core group. Um, Lola right. seems to be a really good character. Um, like I said, I hope they don't ditch him all together for the uh, search for Ophelia. Uh, which yeah. seems, which I hope is not going to get dragged out too long. I'm, well, yeah, I'm amazed that they, I actually kind of have some respect for it, um, that they've, you know, I feel bad for the actress that might not be getting paid for these last five episodes, but. Uh, well, her contract is probably whatever her contract is. They Right. They probably right. signed her for. X number of episodes. I mean, they must throw her a couple bucks for doing the sign thing on Talking Dead every week. I don't know if you watch it, but she's... No, I don't. She shows up and doesn't say anything and does the old uh, Bob Dylan or In Excess thing with the cards that have sayings on them. And she's like, where's Ophelia? <laughs> just, you know. And, you know, it's a Twitter thing. Twitter, where's Ophelia? And give your answers. And, and Chris Hardwick will make a dick joke about it later on or something. Uh, yeah, I'm actually surprised they haven't somehow brought her back yet. It's, uh, yeah, I think it's time. I think it's got to be. Or at least given a clue to where she is. Yeah, I think it's still going to be coming up real soon, and it'll either be, you know, our, our earlier prediction of, like, the, the ranch's concubine room, or, <laughs> or who knows what. Or I have a feeling maybe she's, uh, got a Native American character that shows up next episode that, uh, I have a feeling may becoming a bigger player in the oh, show. Oh, yes. I just feel like if she was at the ranch, somebody would have tripped over her by now. Yeah. Although, again, they're, they're not giving us a lot to grasp onto as far as time in this one. Uh, it's easier to gauge over the other one because we've kind of got Judith, but they even play loose with that. But Yeah. Uh, or And Carl, you know. Yeah. Well, it's kind of kind of hard to... He's only supposed to be about 15 right now, and he's yeah. clearly not. <laughs> so. The problem is, real life is moving uh, <laughs> yeah. faster than uh, time on the show is. Yeah, but we've got no you know immediate pregnancies going on here to, to be able right. to gauge things by, except maybe after next episode. Yeah, exactly. Alicia wasn't safe. Spoilers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, loving where it's going, man. It's... Uh, I think it's going to be, what are we, they do, this show's on 16 now too, isn't it? So they'll do 8 and 8, I think. I think so. So we're already approaching episode 6 pretty rapidly, and they'll make us fast for three months or so. But, um, yeah, man, just balls this episode, and badass Daniel, and everything we could want in a Fear the Walking Dead show. Uh, even walkers. Always good. I expected them to drag. I'm kind of surprised they wrapped up Dante Dante so quickly. I thought he was like maybe going to be the big bad, but then the episode after this, I think, introduces us to who the big bad really might be. And not maybe big bad, I mean, depending on your perspective of Native American rights. <laughs> but well, I think in this world, all all rights kind of go out the previous claims go out the window and it's all about who uh well right but the, i think that would be the time i'd be like hey you know what i'm getting kind of tired of all these white people being on my land they probably fucking caused this shit oh. anyway <laughs> it's easy to take <laughs> holding it is harder yeah hell yeah uh but there are a lot less white people in the world too <laughs> so there are yeah. But that's for uh, next week's episode. Yeah, it is a good one. Yeah, we'll double up next week, get caught right up for you folks. So, again, apologies for the, the delays. Uh, Life yeah. happens. It does. But, uh, ah, it's over. It's all breathe a sigh of release for yes. producer McGregor's all final of, day of Hell Place. And now we're new, in the new Hell Place. All hosts on this show who were moving have moved. Yes, now it's just unpacking and do that gradually, like over the next five years, <laughs> which is, I, I literally brought boxes that I'd never unpacked from that place to this place, so just continue the cycle of procrastination. Yeah. Last weekend, I finally got up into my attic. <laughs> Thank God, I, don't even have, I wish I had an attic here. I'm, I'm woefully short of 
garage sale gloat storage place here. So that that will also inspire me. I've I've been very very slacking on my eBay be selling eBay selling. Can't even speak tonight. And uh, this will basically we're supposed to go out tomorrow possibly, and I'm almost hoping for rain because I cannot get more stuff yet. <laughs> I was good boy last week and only bought one thing. And, uh, yeah, I have to start moving the, the inventory out as Did opposed I, to in. Have, have I listened to that one yet? I don't know. I don't know, last week's? Yeah, I think you put it out. I'm not sure. It wasn't a very good one. It was kind of a shitty week. So. But we did get to meet the Shining twins. So. Oh, with the lemonade stand? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I listened to that one. Yeah, so that that was fun. Always something weird on Garage Sale Gloat, folks. I... I Recommend you check that one out. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's got a great soundtrack too. You know, when I I get I always have to check my blinker when I uh, when I'm listening to that in the car <laughs> because the recorder picks up yours. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm, like, that, I'm always checking mine. Well, yeah, no, that, it's, it's the that's, show. <laughs> that, thing, that thing's amazing. It's uh, that the little handheld recorder Honeywell has. It's, yeah. it's, it's better than most of our studio mics that we use in this <laughs> network. I swear. Yeah, yeah, it's probably really good when we're doing our, our garage or our uh, Five Guys movies reviews. I'm sure those. Are, I haven't listened to one in a while, but I'm sure it's just like picks up all of us eating, like much louder than anyone needs to hear. But hey, it's part of the ambiance. Yeah, no, it's definitely weird. <laughs> it's a different listening uh, than uh, than the regular stuff because you know, just I don't know how to explain it, but it's not. It doesn't sound like the audio is coming out of my earbuds. Yeah. It just kind of sounds like it's coming from a speaker or something when it's not. Right, yeah. That, that, that mic's got like a depth to it that, that I really love. It's, uh, yep. I need to get one myself and just record like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I highly recommend Garage Show Gloat. Always an interesting time. Uh, and I highly recommend Man of Screen podcast that this gentleman does on our network as well. Yes. It's on a little bit of a break at the moment, but if... If you've just found it over on the Two True Freaks Network, there's a whole uh, backlog there for you to listen to. Huge, huge archive. Until I uh, until I come back full-time in September. And I do have some more uh, Weekly Heroic stuff coming out soon. Promise. Uh, including Preacher recaps will be starting soon. You're invited on that, sir, if you watch that. Uh, no, and I haven't found season one yet. I'm still trying to get caught up. It's good stuff. I think they might have most of the season one posted on the uh, AMC website if you like do their cable to go thing. I've I've got the app and somebody else's password, but and and we're slowly but surely covering the uh, first season of um, American Gods over on Mindless Drivel, and I will get a no consoles for old men out someday, or Brian Hughes will kill me. So. <laughs> Which, that one I recorded with him way, way too long ago. But, uh, as I said, we're moved, and that means the editor can start moving again. Yay. But anything else, Mr. Mike? Mikey Z? I don't believe so. Yeah, thank you for doing this. Just remember, hit that Amazon link. That's right. Yep, absolutely. It's a good thing my plans changed. Which plans? Well, I was supposed to go out of town tonight. But oh, yeah, that's right. It got yeah. changed to tomorrow morning. So. Yeah, it would have just been me and recorded Professor Allen. And thank <laughs> you again, Professor Allen. So, also check us out on iTunes. We are over there, and David Pasquarello is giving us uh, an amazing review. There's so also should, the Facebook group. So, yep, and uh, so you should join that and read the review and believe it because he's like a lawyer, so he must know what he's talking about. So... <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so, we'll see you next week, folks. So, whenever next week gets here. All right. See ya. Adios. Vaya con Dios. Watch that first step. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to Fear the Walking Dead cast on the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network. Email us at weeklyheroics at yahoo.com. Don't forget, if you shop Amazon, please make your purchases from our main webpage at twotruefreaks.com.